This is your host, Dr. Mansima Shabazz. Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you all beautiful people for joining me today. I'm so very happy to be here with you. This week's conversation has been up and down because I noticed what is happening out in the community and the conversation in the United States now. We are dealing with hot button issues, race relations, pandemic, cultural wars, financial downturn and pain, and the latest being the abortion law, which was overturned a couple of days ago. It's like we move back into the days of witch burnings where women were shamed, accused of sin and punished. During this dark period, witch persecutions occurred in Southeast Asia, Central America, North America, and Western Europe. Since 1950, witch killings have been reported on all continents. This is all very disappointing. But then I realized that I didn't want to go down this road of discussing this particular issue. But I must say one thing about it in my thoughts, and then we can talk about change. Women's reproductive issues, in my opinion, should not be politicized. It's a very personal issue. And irrespective of where we stand in this debate, we should assume that we each have the right to make a choice that are in our best interest. On a spiritual note, we all have to live with our conscience. And so we as women should be trusted to make our own choices. To me, all of these issues highlight and put pressure on our insecurities. There's a lot of anger, hostility, impatience, defensiveness, and anxiety plaguing our society. It is evident that we are entrenched in this tug of war of words and actions, even demonizing each other. How can we stop this trend? We have to decide what type of society we want to be. History teaches us that empires implode from within, especially when leaders lose sight of what matters to the citizens of the nation. We have a choice to correct this dark period, this lack of vision and wisdom from a few people who hold power. We must reclaim our position of power and all we in it inevitably succumb to new era of challenges. It is important that we embrace change. Change is the only constant thing in our lives. And I was reading this from an old lesson that I did back in the day, that its function is to break patterns to bring what is out of balance back into balance and to enhance our growth. There is a no loss on change. Change is the tool, the medium. It is like the ignition for our growth and the discovery of who we really are. Every human being goes through the process of individuation. Every human being goes through the process of relatedness, 
every human being is involved with triangulation. Every human being faces pressures for self-abandonment and opportunities to reclaim authenticity. Every human being has the option for truth. Every human being creates, sustains, and releases realities through the power of choice. As a spiritual note, I picked someone, even though I'm not Catholic, that I think is a very important person in our spiritual development, St. Teresa of Avila. St. Teresa is known as a great woman, and she's one of the highly regarded mystical theologians. She describes many of the sufferings and challenges she faced with great faith. The book she wrote, which was completed in 1577 in Avila, Spain, presents several accounts of various hardships she had to bear as she worked fervently to reorganize her order. In the interior castle, Teresa explains the seven mansions and the spiritual growth of the soul she deems necessary to move from one chamber to the next. She succinctly notes that even though she writes about seven mansions, there are many more above, below, and on the sides, together with many fair gardens, fountains, and other delights. She conducts a soul to the very gates into which she herself enters, raising her from one degree to another, to her very center, which is the seventh mansion. In the first mansion, the saint speaks of the beauty and dignity of each soul in grace. She considers the soul to be a castle of diamonds or most clear crystal in which are many rooms. As in heaven, there are many mansions. St. Teresa narrates that movement from one room to the next requires a different state of consciousness or spiritual evolution. She sees prayer as the key that opens the gate of the castle and discusses perseverance, humility, visions, the practice of virtue, and subjecting our will to the universal will. The conclusions she draws from her knowledge of the mansions depict an understanding of what she perceives as possible in this spiritual universe. She highlights the dignity of the soul and she shows a path one can follow to uplift that dignity, which make Teresa's experiences relatable. To appreciate the spiritual wisdom of our kind mothers, it was important for me to assimilate their process into my own. 
whereas there aren't any specific spiritual publications that describe how my grandmother and mother affiliated with divine wisdom, I see that wisdom reflected in everything that they did and in every woman around them. A matrix embodiment of spiritual knowledge, wisdom, and dignity is based on three distinct understandings. The first understanding is that the physical changes in a woman's body, menstruation, sexuality, pregnancy, lactation, menopause, reflect sacred expressions. Now, having gone through all these stages, I can state categorically that my body's movement through these passages embodies a range of understanding that triggers a spiritual journey. The second understanding arose when I confronted my own suppositions about the challenges women face in my community and in many other parts of the world. My views espouse the need for some form of response to the personal affronts that I and other women faced on a frequent basis. Immediate action was required, I thought, and I believed embodies women's strength. However, when I look back at the women in my family, including my grandmothers, mother and aunts, those I know of or know directly, beginning with my great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother, I noticed that these female exemplars are grounded in spiritual approaches to everyday life. They responded to problems and made their experiences matter in ways I'm unable to fully discern yet. They were able to endure many hardships and still shine in their wisdom and spirituality without the immediate action that I thought was required. When I ponder on my experiences in the last 10 years of challenges, I notice that the respond to show strength approach is often a futile effort and that it tends to generate a backlash. On the other hand, if I retreat from a fight with my detractors, this is what paves the way for me to experience the divine. I'm able to contemplate the divine source prayerfully. Emulating my grandmother's and mother's temperaments, I am now guided to new revelations and healing. And to all, I would say this, if we chose to go on this path, a profound journey of the soul begins, enabling us to observe the magnificent view and ways in which all the seemingly challenging obstacles evaporate one after the other. It is beautiful to watch the growth which emerges from this new way of responding, acceptance and expressions of our own experiences as truth. This sacred acceptance of truth is the recognition of the power inherent in the self, because this is what is freeing and enables us to feel comfortable enough 
to step out into the world to share our gifts with our communities and humanity. A reflection on the spiritual journey of our mothers brings to mind all the women elders who set a dignified tone for all to emulate. The allies and generosity of spirit provide the grounding and nature needed to ensure the endowment of wisdom that permeates many dimensions. Women who have been given the secrets of spirituality function with the understanding that healing, visioning, and harmony are all expressions of the sacred. The family, the good mother, protect the treasure of the elderly woman. These attributes are how the community thrives in its healing methodologies. I know that we all hold wisdom. There is a Nancy story in my country that talks about how wisdom became the property of the human race. And it's an interesting story because it, within it lays how one person, the Anansi, Kweku Anansi, possessed all the wisdom in the world. And people came to him daily for advice and help. And one day, unfortunately, someone offended Anansi, who immediately resolved to punish them. And he decided that the severest penalty he could inflict would be to hide all this wisdom from everyone. So he set out to work to gather again all the wisdom he'd already given. It's like you give something that benefits society and then you take it back as it's playing out right now in our experiences. And he set to work by collecting all that wisdom and placing it in a great pot. Then he carefully sealed and determined to put it in a spot where no human being could reach it. Now Anansi had a son called Intikuma. And this boy watched his father quietly as he slipped out of the house with his precious pot hanging around his neck. Intikuma followed him slowly. And Anansi went through the forest till he left the village far behind. Then selecting the highest and most inaccessible looking tree, he began to climb. He climbed with the pot in front of him. The heavy pot hanging in front made his accent almost impossible. Again and again, he tried to reach the top of the tree where he intended to hang the pot though he thought wisdom would indeed be beyond the reach of everyone but himself. He was unable, however, to carry out his desire. At each trial, the path swung his way. And in Tsukuma, the son watched his father and unable to contain himself any longer, he cried out, Father, why don't you hang the pot at your back? Then you could easily climb the tree. And then Anansi realized and thought, I have all the wisdom, all the world's wisdom in this thought. 
If that were true, how would you know to tell me how to climb the tree? In his anger, he threw the pot down, it struck on a great rock and broke. The wisdom contained in it escaped and spread throughout the world. And that is how wisdom got spread out in the world. I want to say to all the ladies that listen to this podcast, take heart. The battle is not lost yet. Like Anansi, who went out with the effort to punish, lost the battle. We all hold wisdom. Great leaders manage their affairs with wisdom and grace. Moving and looking forward, we must use this gift of wisdom to adjudicate all matters, leverage our power and personal leadership first. From that springboard, we can successfully integrate wholesome, harmonious healing practices into our communities and subsequently to the world to save and serve humanity. We are all in this together. The imbalances will take shape. We all have an opportunity to use Teresa's wisdom in moving through the mansions, our own wisdom in moving through the mansions and come up with a winning strategy that is wholesome, harmonious, and healing. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to our conversation in a couple of weeks. Thank you, thank you, thank you.